Just what is it that I'm supposed to have done? We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hard enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald. That was very good, David. Thank you very much. Yeah, can Mr. I just jump in really quickly? And That's just, Adam Buncher. And just say, hi, hi, Adam Buncher here. Your ability to bend that the, the the words around the melody and it's different every week and it's beautiful. Big fan. I just became Bill and that's Cosby Nathan then. Harris. So beautiful. It's an inspiration to us all. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. Thank you. Know, Seriously, I, like- I I often feel like the third wheel of this podcast. Like I see There's you four guys, of us. I, I, I you're the fourth wheel. It's a balanced vehicle. I, it's very well designed. It's a car. <laughs> <laughs> Or a quad bike, which is also great. <laughs> which is a type of no, car. No, you guys, you guys, you guys <laughs> are you collectively two wheels. <laughs> but which song was that from? I wonder. Well, I'll tell you. At number fifteen, it's Cheryl Crow it. with "All I Want to Do." This ain't no disco. It ain't no country club either. This is L.A. Number 15 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with All I Wanna Do. And we're going to throw this to Adam because this ain't no disco. Mm. Is it? Is it a country club though? It's not a country club. It's, it's definitely not. definitely not a country yeah, club. Right. This oh. is L.A. Redfern, L.A. <laughs> yeah. Redfern, L.A. Redfern, L.A. Well, there's a Melbourne in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. This is a yeah. Dick Diver album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all remember yeah. this song from being on the radio in our childhood. Yes. Oh, yes. We, it, oh, this has always been our around. radio, yeah. Power FM. This is like, I know this is in the 94 countdown, but I think this came out when radio started. And it was just like <laughs> and it's still on the radio yeah. all the yeah, time. Yeah, it was on the radio. Like the first thing that everyone yeah. heard was. I just, think it's kind of like it's nothing. like a test signal for radio. <laughs> yes. that, like that's how they check yes. the connections yes. are working. People need to hear this. Yeah, we need to, to invent radio. radio. They need yeah. to hear it every hour as much <laughs> as possible. <laughs> and then it was superseded, of course, by the Dolphins' cry. Yeah, of course, <laughs> as we all know, as is legend. Now this you know? is really proto right, live. We're, we're just you explaining things that people know now. I'm adding a third song to our playlist. We've got Dolphins Cry into Boom Shakalak, and now we're adding All I Want to Do to the end of that. Okay. I'm okay with this. No, to show my hand a little bit, can we not? Because <laughs> Can we not? Because I don't want to listen to this song anymore. You throw than your weight around too fucking much. I have, it was a polite suggestion, David. It was, it can was we not. not? It was not not. It was, can we you, not? You just shut everything down. Man. Well, I, I'm happy to shut this down. I just feel like, it's not necessarily that this is a terrible, terrible, sinful, dirty song, but... Sinful. <laughs> dirty? Sinful. I've just definitely heard this song. I'm, I'm not Googling sinful <laughs> to Cheryl Crow. I don't know what's going to turn up. Some pro Lance supporters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look strong. Wait, Lance Armstrong, Cheryl Crow. Can someone it needs to explain this They were married and they, they got married divorced. And then they got divorced. Oh. And, then, and, and, then, you, and you picked a side to be on. And it turns out Cheryl was definitely in the right. Yeah. yeah. A bad man. Oh, was, she, was she onto the whole drug thing? She Probably. Must I'm not going to fucking cast aspersions on her personal life. Well, I don't Armstrong. know how much she's called yeah. common knowledge. That's all. Yeah. And then it's, it's referenced in Parks and Rec oh, by yeah. your mentor your, and guide your, and mine Chris Traeger Chris Traeger yeah. Chris Traeger is my mentor and yeah. guide. he said that was the wor- like the second worst day of his life <laughs> was oh. when they split up yeah. live strong something like that because <laughs> he's obviously pro Lance absolutely he is, he is literally my mentor Oh, literally, I love it. he is literally the most inspiring person <laughs> in the world. Um, so you love this song? No, I don't. Oh, really. 
Oh, I'm going on the floor. <laughs> really? This, this is, is a floor song. This, this is a floor. Oh, yeah, I go, I no. go fucking hard you're in the like, paint. You're a I bit go, of a sluzzer for this floor. You're I just go, like any chance you oh, get. Oh, fuck off. I've done it like three times ever. I'm with you. Maybe the, twice. Look, I was with you getting on the floor. I wasn't literally with you getting on the floor, but I was... I was. You will never, and you never will be. No, but I was... There's only room on here for one. It's, it's the room's not that small. The floor ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> we spoon no but Ooh, but seriously like I, I, I think I was I was on board with you getting on the floor for like you am I but uh, the, okay this song has a bit of a duality about it I feel because I think this is, this is what the song's trying to do which is slightly more considerably more admirable than the effect that you get from the song what the song is trying to do okay Cheryl Crow found this poem by a guy called Wynn Cooper yeah. which basically is the lyrics. It says that it was adapted from it hardly. It, it, if you read if you read the poem, there is very, very little that has been changed. A few lines have been taken out because it didn't fit musically or whatever. It doesn't contain the chorus. Oh yeah, she, she just throws that, that structure in. entirely. It's like Dylan-esque how mm. she just like rambles through the song. But, you know, like what she says is the poem by Wynn Cooper written in, uh, yeah. I, I believe, like uh, 87. So uh, when you read the poem, there's actually quite a bit of menace in it it's kind of foreboding like it's these it's these two guys hanging out in a bar whiling away the time and not doing much but they kind of have this statement at the end like this is our town let us in we just want to have some fun and i I don't know to me it's kind of a little bit menacing like the way that they talk about the couple that section where the couple comes in they basically in the poem glare them down until they leave and then they, you know, they go off and he says, I don't even care. Like, the next state, the next town, wherever, I don't care. Like, it's it's kind of this dusty Midwest kind of feeling coming through. But what you got here and what comes across and what I originally thought the song was, was kind of this neo-90s bohemian flower child wannabe chick rocking up in a bar meeting this dude and being like oh man life ain't about that you gotta get out there and have some fun we're not like those stiffs washing their fucking car and it's this kind of like neo-reality bites us and them fucking binary bullshit coming through a little bit that's always what I pictured the song was and I pictured you know like a bunch of people going like who actually do are the, are they are the, the good people who wash their cars listen to this song and then go like yeah I could stand to loosen up a little bit more maybe I will go and get drunk and fall asleep on Santa Monica Beach you know whatever whereas realistically what I think Cheryl Crow was trying to do in the song was show these people kind of you know, being in this really kind of bored nothing purgatory setting in, in the mundanity of everyday life but the way that she makes it so fun and the way that she makes it so upbeat, it doesn't come across ironically. You don't read it that way. You read it as as if it was that that other thing. Well, not which, a li- not initially. Which is so I don't know. Does anyone who connects to this song as being like, yeah, man, let's get out and have fun? It's just, it's so banal. I don't know. The whole thing is just pedestrian and banal. I just. I don't pay it at all. Every, we're all surprised this is in a triple. Yeah, what is it doing here? Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's ahead of Mathar. Yeah. Not like, <laughs> Not to be critical of the song per se, but... Well, you can be. Yeah, I will be. Um, <laughs> but, oh, trust me, it's coming. But, like, to be critical, I, I'm, it's, just, it's just weird of the Triple J voters. And yeah. then I listen to it, and then, like, the actual... But the verses themselves aren't that poppy. It's, like, as you said, not like... I think Dylan-esque is probably the nicest mm. review the song's ever received. Oh, God. Um, that's a huge line to whip out there David she's not the first fucking person with an acoustic guitar to be compared to Bob Dylan I don't say I don't view it as her with an acoustic guitar I think no, it's a big know. pop song it, oh, it's, it's, it's got it's so def- much rich production and whatever she, she, she's a singer songwriter yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not in this track though and there's so much these, country all, in it as well this song and like pretty much every other song was stemmed from jam sessions that she was having with people which right. is why the album is called Tuesday Night Music Club uh, yeah the more you know this yeah. is Deep crow knowledge. Um, that's an awesome name for a crow. I, I go, podcast. I go hard. I, I go hard for Cheryl Crow. She just created a crow well, podcast, a crow review podcast. Yeah, deep crow knowledge. How, how do you review crows? Tune in. Yeah. <laughs> um, the emphasis the song places on the chorus ruins the song. The, the chorus is way too big and poppy for the meandering kind of pleasantry of the verses. It doesn't ruin the song 
as a piece of songwriting per se, but it certainly ruins a song for something that I'm ever going to really, really enjoy. So it's, just ar- too, it's too poppy. I'm not into pop this much. In other words, the original thing that Sheryl okay. Crow yeah, brought perhaps, to this... Yeah. No, no, no. Like, Wayne, the, the Wayne Cooper stuff... Yeah, the verses, it's probably all right. ...is good. But the stuff that Cheryl brings to this is the stuff that lets it yeah. down. Are you team Live Strong? <laughs> <I bet. laughs> I guess. That's, that's a pretty shitty team to be on well, now. Well, he only though. has one testicle, so <laughs> it would work out, actually. I want because he needs the support. Or, yeah, or... I think he's fine with one. I think I think one's okay. Um, he's clearly him. not fine. He's all right. He'll be okay. He's still got stuff. He's still... I don't know. He's, he's probably nothing. okay. I mean, I haven't won half the things that he's won, and even he if they didn't have been even taken win away, them. he yeah. had to he had to rescind all that shit. Yeah, but I never had him to begin with, and I'm fine. <laughs> Sounds like you. Know How do you review this crows? Is... <laughs> like I said, tune in. <laughs> I like this song because right. I am a dork. Like I think this is this is like a dorky fun song to like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't get into being a dork that much. That's that's fine. You're not a dork. I'm yeah. gonna dip my toe into some pretty risky waters here and go on a limb and say I think David could like this song as well. Oh man, that's what I like about you. <laughs> True. Because then I'm pat- fu- my patronising. <laughs> well, that and your fucking foresight. No, I deserve to be talked to like a child because I like this song. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm meant to be saying. It's like, I'm fucking with you, dude. It's it's totally fine. No, this song's dope. It does dope shit. I don't know. I fucking like Cheryl Crow like, at this period. She had that Adam Duritz thing going on where she made me fucking care about what the fuck she was singing about. And again, you guys don't like fucking Counting Crows. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! I didn't even realize the connection I was making. But that 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 we'll we'll discuss that further on the podcast on the other podcast. Also, I, I just find it difficult to pull. Like I I you know commend you for being able to pull this song apart like that. I just mm. I'm too familiar with it as just like a yeah. weird fun pop yeah. hit that I heard on like in my parents' car like growing up like her and have her and have heard forever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well that was literally, that's literally as long here. as we've been alive. Yeah. yeah. It feels like it's, this song has always been here even though yeah. like, it, this song is omnipotent and omnipresent. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like that was definitely my first reaction as well. But then also and you know, you're the biggest um Roland Bart death of the author yeah, in this me. podcast. I think like it's totally fine for her Stop to Stop killing people <laughs> Fuck first trade cool now this I can't believe Cheryl Now the author I can't believe Cheryl Crow's dead. I think it's totally fine for her to take a poem that that might be, or at least for you, is is quite menacing and turn it into more of a... It is kind of Dylan-esque storytelling in that it's just her in bars meeting people, whatever, and yeah. then turn that oh, into Oh, you'll piss off Andrew if you mention Dylan one more time. But I have to I like Bob Dylan. <laughs> Actually, what she's trying... She, as the artist, is trying to do if I'm going to resurrect the author somewhere. Yeah, I know. Here. That's weird. You know, I think what she's trying to do with it and what she's trying to say is actually quite good and the way that that the music almost reflects what she wants to be when she's but she's not in terms of the actual story of the song and i just think what it mimetically kind of morphed into or what people kind of the default reading as that fun dorky song i don't get into that so much that's fair people do get in this one grammys you know that this yeah one, yeah this one a couple of grammys and it's number 15 that it beats most, sabotage that most respected of award beat, the grammy and matha <laughs> it beat exactly. matha it beat park life it huh. beat loser it but it, and it's just know? like it's such a pop song it's so weird that it's here and you know like actually on that being a pop song there's actually quite a few choices that are made that are not as andrew pointed out the the vo- the verses it's, yeah. tradi- it's not traditional pop. It's kind of breaking the mold a little it's, bit. It's very country, I think, in the verses. Like, but even the little changes in the way, like the the keys and the chords, and it's yep. it is it's a little bit left to feel. You the know, bass like, is really nice as well. Like I think all the pieces like work really well. It it grates me for purely personal reasons. It's become a thing. Like yeah, we've we've yeah. all is been it, hearing this song for what twenty one years now, yeah. roughly. Yeah. So, so like I've had enough. Does it make you happy what? shitting on on Cheryl Crow? Because if it makes you happy, <laughs> it can't be that bad, can it? What kind of weird-ass logic is that, David? Because <laughs> it exists. Did it, it make you joy. happy shitting on Underground Lovers last week? Oh, dude, I, I, I'm still jerking off to that. Great. All right, <laughs> you love Underground Lovers. Awesome. <sighs> Everything's bad. We love it. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening anymore. Uh, I don't do the Crow podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a guest. Thanks, man. <laughs> Get out of the fucking way. It's a cruel scene. They're back in town, motherfuckers. This is better get a lawyer. I wasn't doing nothing. Anyway, 
Cause I put my new suit in the cleaners again I took the first bus, I didn't look back Lungs long blowing like a smokestack Hair falling out as the wind blows through it My horse ran second just like I knew it would Overflowing ashtray Yeah That was the Cruel C at number 14 in the 1994 Hottest 100. We'd better get a lower, son. The Cruel C dominated the 1993 Hottest 100. Three tracks? Yeah. Tracks. Big year for them. Big. What an album. <laughs> they, yeah. they have described 1993 as our year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1994, they were still kicking, man. They, they were riding a, a great bit of momentum. And they put out this bad boy from their album Three-Legged Dog. This counts as one of my absolute favorites. Crookshank's slide guitar is a menace. It comes growling in like the meanest fucking dog. And then it just slides right up to the top of the fretboard and just nails that nasty, vaguely old country, like uh, Charlie Owen-esque style of fucking playing. Tex is mumbling, grumbling, and ranting his way through it like only Tex motherfucking Perkins can. Jim Elliott and Kenny G fucking nailing that fucking super solid rhythm section. Like, that is... That's an unstoppable force hitting an immovable object right fucking there, people. Like, this is just a perfectly crafted, nasty blues rock song. I have all the time in the world for it because I fucking love The Cruel Sea. Go back to season one and find any episode where we talk about Cruel Sea and I am just fucking jizzing all over the fucking place. I think (laughs) the remarkable thing about this song is that it's able to somehow, um, and only somewhat I perhaps would gesture, escape the confines of its commercial trappings. Yeah? I think somewhat. When the chorus comes in, I certainly am... Thinking of RBC. you can't not. No, okay, exactly. so so question: Did anyone in this room, apart from me, know this song before? Yeah, the, not, yeah. Uh, the the RTA ads. I, I knew it in the I knew it in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I'm by not way sure, of, I don't think so. But and by way of explanation, uh, this was used as part of a, a drink driving. And it's RBT, still being RTA. Mm. Is, is it still running yep. at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I, 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 as I've mentioned, I was pen pals with Jim Elliott, the drummer of this band, uh, when I was growing up. And I remember when he sent me the letter saying, uh, we just got licensed, well, our music just got licensed to get used in an ad, so we're going to be getting some pretty sweet pay from that. I was just like, oh, I'll have to have a listen out. And then sure enough, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that ad campaign not started. Not hard to hear. Yeah. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. The government money as well. So the government supports a cruelty. Yeah. Nice. And <laughs> lots of, uh, you know, it keeps getting cycled through. So lots yeah. Of yeah, 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 time. yeah. Can I just ask how you became pen pals with that guy? I discovered their music on Rage in 1998. Then it was my birthday and my mum said, well, I'm going to take you to Sanity and find an album that you want and I will get it for you. I remember How, seeing- how old were you? Eight. I saw the Cruel Sea on Rage. I saw the Cruel Sea album over Easy, and I said that one. Fuck man, you were ahead handed, of the curve. Handed, as an handed over twenty, handed over twenty nine ninety five. I was super stoked that I bought a cool adult rock record. Mm-hmm. Um, only fucking eight year old would be buying Cruel Sea albums. That's yeah. that's like almost certain. well. Yeah, and then three years later, I'd see them live, or four years later rather. Yeah, I was 11 when I saw Cruel Sea. Uh, that, that was my first ever gig. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Cruel Sea was your first ever gig? Yep. Wow. March 2002. How did you get into the pub where they were clearly dad playing? Dad snuck me in. Right. Because <laughs> my dad's a fucking <laughs> legend. So, yeah, the Cruel Sea had a mailing address, like a, a PO box on in the liner notes, and I decided to write to that, and I said, I am a big fan of your music, I want to play drums, so Jim, I think you are really cool. You know, writing writing like an eight year old would. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They found it, and Jim wrote back, and yeah, we were pen pals for like five, six years. Six years, even longer. Six years worth of correspondence between Me's, me and Jim Elliot. That's yeah. quite eight year old DJY and the cool. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. That's he wasn't eight for all of those years. <laughs> 
Right. Just most I, I'm, I'm not Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> that was that, that's quite remarkable. That's, that's it, fantastic. It was, that's it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. When was the last time you talked to him? Oh, a few years back uh, when Cruel C played at the Metro Theatre in 2011. Right. Which was a fucking great show. I'm gonna fucking open this one up to the people. What do you got? What What do you got to say about Better Get a Goddamn Lawyer? Right. Anyone want to fucking step to me? Well, like I said, I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's escaped the confines of the ad slightly, but like not not entirely. I definitely always think of the ad when it's on. I think everyone. Yeah, will. I, yeah. I think it's pretty hard to hear it and not think of that ad. I know you have a problem with things being used in ads, Andrew, and you know, like I, I recognize your point, um, but I think. This song almost stands as an example of why that's kind of okay-ish. Like, I, I, I think it almost benefits it from it. Wow. It almost just, does, yeah. Like, just, like, the the ad is actually quite good at, at what, you know, that ad is trying to set up. Yeah. And just, like, that dark, dangerous, like, oh, shit. Like, it, yeah. yeah. It's the song. And, and yeah. like... This song s- is impending doom. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's getting pulled over when you're drunk after you th- you got away with it or whatever. But it's, yeah. like, having a couple of those images swimming around while the chorus is going, I think... Think yeah, in a weird way, hurt. it doesn't hurt. It definitely doesn't hurt, and it, it could benefit. Obviously, this is just an amazing song. Yeah, it's like so many text compositions. It's at that middle ground between like your Nick Caves and your UMIs kind of thing, like the darkness of one with the accessible pubness of the other. Yeah. I'm okay with this comparison for the record. And um, this song is it's not my favorite of Texas work, but I think it's a very good song. Everything that David said he likes about it is exactly what is to like about the song. Yeah, yeah nailed it. And I'm really glad that he showed up. Like, for me, having the Cruel Sea back in this countdown after what they did last year, it's kind of like the guy you weren't expecting to see at your party rocking up, and he's there with a bottle of bourbon. And I'm just like, Tex, come on in, brother. Like, and it's, and it's awesome. He would it's, bring bourbon. He would <laughs> he bring would. bourbon. <laughs> and on that point, like, you know, we've spent quite a lot of time in this countdown talking about way too masculine cock rock, and, cock and it's, it's various different, yeah, you know, wherever the cock happens to be but I think the Cruel Sea are so enjoyable because they are almost a stereotype or they're almost a cliche in how bourbon swilling and masculine and give a fuck that they actually are but they are also so good at what they do and so enjoyable and they nail Mm. the aesthetic so much that you buy into it and it, they get you on side. It's uh, not that it's not that dissimilar from the bad seeds. They like they're all playing yeah, around yeah. with that those aesthetics tropes, of masculinity yeah. and and like subverting that in really subtle ways that make it interesting. I just think I don't even know whether this is subversion here. I just think they embody it so wholeheartedly and so beautifully that you just buy into it. I think this song is cinematic. Like I think you picture images so clearly and they're not in the lyrics but they are because yeah. you associate things very very clearly with it you can almost picture the the narrator yeah of mm-hmm. of this track you know what i mean you've got a really really clear idea for me it's it's almost like um you know, like Matthew McConaughey in uh, fucking True Detective when he's grown his hair out and he's got the dirty ass moustache and he's just totally huh. give a fuck. It's that huh. kind of dude, yeah. you know? It's such, awesome. a, it's such a tough song. Uh, it's so I tough, think, like, yeah. You look at all of all of the grunge and post-grunge we've, we've had to talk about, had to. <laughs> but like, Forced to, Clockwork and, and Orange so much style. of that is going for that, you know, such, my friend. Yeah. This is just there. This, this is tough. Like, who's there? And it's effortlessly tough. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. just like a tough, a tough guy writing a song that is incredibly tough. Tex yeah. Perkins could kill you by looking at you. Yeah. Awesome. That's the kind of motherfucker that he is. He's one. And we've got to say, like, I do have to say, I, I, I am, like, I'm a Nick Cave devotee, as we'll f- soon revisit. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, so I love a, like, a deep dude's voice in a song and the chorus in this, I just, like, oh, that, that so, sneering, oh, like, yeah. the, like, the vocal fry that he puts fucking on it is dope, so fucking yeah. good. Yeah. You know, the part that I really get into vocally is when he, can, he like, he matches the pulse of of yeah. the rhythm section. Yeah. Like, Tough is the word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it embodies again... Tough guts. Another thing so that the Cruel Sea do really well, I think, in, in all the other songs previously and in this song, is they manage to lock something down but then be really playful with what they do on top of it and make it seem like they're just jamming. Make yeah, it nice. seem like it's just coming out of them. Like, it's not even a thing. It happens wonderfully and effortlessly and beautiful. Top song. Yeah. Fucking A. Love it. In conclusion, text is a flat circle. Just by way of context. Indeed. <laughs> And number 13, this is Bomb the Biss, uh, featuring Justin Warfield. This song's called Bug Powder Dust.
That was Bomb the Bass featuring Justin Warfield in the uh, 1994 Hottest 100. That came in at number 13. Songs called Bug Powder Dust. Well, they can't all be zingers, but they can be pingers. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, what do you got, sir? I think this has some interesting stuff about just like early 90s UK hip hop and dance scene. Like, you know, we've already talked about Pop Will Eat Itself and it wasn't the best pop like, will eat itself. Yep. yep, yep, we've all, we know. Da 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 da. <sighs> yeah. Um, but I think, like, yeah, and so this this is a weird song. Uh, I think the name of the group is actually kind of important, and, and I my understanding is it comes quite directly from their style. Bomb, as in graffiti bomb, like to bomb a bus, is to sort of cover it, you know, splatter it. It's in, like giving it a, gra- a graffito tag. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's a, it's a massive burst of it. It's not, you know, like it's it's done very suddenly. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think in in context of the the bass. Like, I, I can see that. I see that connection, and I think that sort of illuminates the style of this song a little bit. The lyrics are a weird homage to William S. Burroughs, oh. um, which is interesting. What, in the cut-up method of them all? Yeah, right. and, and I think there's some there's some kind of specific references in there as well. I don't know enough Burroughs to it, fully appreciate It doesn't that. recall Burroughs very much. From no, right, yeah. but they've talked... I wondered, because it said it recalled... I mean, from what I read, it said, oh, yeah, it's all an homage to yeah. this, this dude. It's like, I, huh. I, I don't know who this guy... I don't know his work. He's, he's a, po- a poet. To... Like, uh, and, sure. and, uh, he wrote Naked Lunch. He wrote is probably Naked his Lunch. most famous work. Um, very... Uh, hallucinatory um uh very big in terms of gay literature murdered his wife yeah oh, wow. uh, like he, you do. he is he's an intense dude there's there's a lot wrapped up in that and so if i can quickly just uh, as an aside for william s Burroughs, i strongly recommend the uh 2014 uh bbc audio documentary on him uh, is oh, that the cool. one with uh mr BBC do uh, audio mr. documentaries yeah hmm. uh, mr iggy pop narrates the piece I, I listened to that and it's fantastic it's a terrific that's documentary dope. Okay. It's it's really good. Well, that's yeah. great because you know that's kind you... of where most of my borrowers' knowledge comes from. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, so I I think it kind of has a couple of things like that going for it, and I think it's interesting. I think it's it's very dated that as, is true. as that. a lot of nineties hip hop and nineties dance is, and this is smack bang in the middle of that oh, Venn yeah. diagram. Yeah, but some of them um, and uh, suffers for it probably. And as I said, some of them, uh, as we discussed with uh, regulate that fantastic yeah yep. Nate Dog <laughs> song. Um, who's Warren, Warren G. G well you know they were in it together uh, you know like that's time, time capsule West Coast G-Funk yeah know, it works because it's but aged but this I, not so much I kind of like it. it's almost reminiscent and like I'm not saying it's as good as but of voodoo people just in terms of the energy and, and there's there's a violence in this dance music that I think is interesting and you can kind of get into I think the song is I would describe it as being quite good yeah, it is, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty really? much it yeah. that surprises me quite good it's with some incredible. interesting it's things it's really not incredible but, but you like, think it's quite good well I, I think it's quite know. bad uh, so yeah, that's the thing really but either do. way it's, it's, we're talking between it's a 6 or a 4 <laughs> I, I don't know whether it'll get to a 4 I think it's wow. about a 3 that's pretty bad that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty bad like I don't I don't really pay this song there's, there's no reason why I would ever turn to this song yeah this at any is point. shit I mean yeah so, huh. so shit yeah I, sure. I figured David would be with me on this I, yeah, I, think, I, I think it's okay I, yeah I, like I, I you know it's not great I'm not gonna like no we need to listen to it again so you can fully <laughs> appreciate it I wouldn't do that <laughs> Um, and I to can't really, imagine myself yeah. going back to it anytime no, soon. No, but yeah. I think it's kind of fine. And I can, I think I can see why it was popular at the time. I don't know whether I can. To me, the hip hop's not good enough to be a, a proper, like, full on hip hop song to compete with the hip hop song that's hip hop that's around at the time. Like Nas. Uh, like Nas or Wu Tang last year. You the know? boys. Uh, Nate, Nate Dogg, Warren G. Yeah, the, the, the bass is very, very high energy. I'll mm. pay that. It does, it does transmit energy, but to me, it's energy signifying nothing much. It doesn't really, mm. you know what I mean? Like nice King Lear. You know, uh, you oh. know, you know the problem I had with um Pearl Jam, the, yep. the Black Circle. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like energy is not enough for me. It needs to be energy that amounts to something or gives me something else in addition to energy. Whether it's an emotional pull, whether it's a melody, whether it's something else, this doesn't have any of that for me yeah. and I think the song could be considerably improved if they just made the hook a little bit more catchy and accessible what fucking hook it's kind of there is no it fucking hook keeps running song. on and yeah I think, I think there's I think a place right for that. songs that do that but I to me like the hook section the part that's you know attempting to be a hook is just it's just a bit of a nothing like it doesn't contribute to the oh, song I think yeah, the, the fact that the song bad. never really changes is, mm. to, is to its detriment I think I see that it wants oh, to be continuous and assaulting certainly I think it, is, yeah. I think it succeeds but even then that, like, but so, to enough. go back to voodoo people again like that still voodoo has people. that energy and that violence but there are so many moments in the yeah. song that you go in on and like you know you know we all just say voodoo people and and, and stuff like that and this is kind of missing yeah. anything approaching to that oh entirely yeah, yeah. no nah. consider the bass bomb <laughs> <laughs>
you didn't say much then, Dave. You don't have anything to really. <laughs> no? no, that's right. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great. It's okay. dog shit. <laughs> Diggity dog shit. At number twelve, this is James with Lay. James at number 12 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with Laid. Nathan, you've been laid. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> ladies. Don't mean to brag. Ladies. <laughs> A gentleman never tells. <laughs> Tip. Um, I feel like I may be the wrong person to talk about this just from some other things that happened earlier on. Uh, is, are you guys familiar with this song before now? Yes. yes. I, I, I didn't know God, it on paper, yes. but the second it started, it was, oh, it's that this, song. This is a new experience for me. Whoa. Yeah. Tell me what you thought of it. No, it's weird. It is right. weird. It's I, like it's so what is going weird. on? I, is the thing. I think it. Sh- I think it shouldn't work as as much as it does. Exactly because to me the song when I heard it, I I, I hadn't heard it in probably legitimately a decade. It, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't one of those songs that that is nostalgic to the point where you're like, oh, I'll, you put I'll, it on a '90s playlist. Exactly. It's not it's one no, of those. Uh, what's the deal? What's it? Yeah. But it was, a lot it of in, do. was it in a yeah. movie or a TV show? Oh, or oh like was it those? ever? <laughs> yeah, this is on. like the signature song of the American. Pie series. Oh, so, yeah. It's in like four of them. Yeah. Because yeah. there are like remi- nine of them. Dude, don't remind me. There's nine mo- American Pie films? There's oh, tons of so many. Like, Please Amer- don't remind like me. American that Band Camp and all these other spin-offs that don't star any of the cast apart from the dad. Yeah. Goddamn motherfucking Eugene Levy is a motherfucking saint. Who the is, shit that he has to put Who is this? With. The dad. Eugene the dad. Levy. Okay. One of the great American character actors. Show some just goddamn like, motherfucking respect, he, he's son. He's just like a warning, you know, a cautionary tale. You just like in whatever you do, you don't want to be the person that is in all of the American <laughs> pie movies. Like, yeah. if you can get away with not being that person, you've done all right. because yeah. someone is that person. Not to disparage the career of Eugene Levy necessarily. No, absolutely, he's in all of the. <laughs> Amer- why is he in all those films? That's who would make that decision. Fat stacks, man. Yeah. He fat stacks <laughs> on the dire- the director DVD sequels of American Some Pie. Some stacks. 7. I mean, I'd rather do an American he's Pie film actor. than like he's a working actor. Burgers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we could come back to James the song. Yeah. Um, for like you said, it was weird because when I heard it, it was one of those like, oh my god, this song. I, I had this trigger of nostalgia and I was really really happy to have heard it again because I remember hearing it so much when I was younger and I I was thinking at the time if you weren't familiar with it when like I say it first came out or if you're Nathan now I can see why I am (laughs) I can see potentially why it might be in a Hoss 100 because it's kind of weird and kind of cool and kind of awkward but works as a pop song to me, it was one of those moments like, oh my God, it's this song. Holy shit, holy shit. So I really can't evaluate it properly because I have the nostalgic attachment to it, which mm. like, I don't, I don't think I've seen the American Pie films in full from one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether I have Not all eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, but there's so many things like the verse, every line is the same melody. Yeah. And there's so many little things like that that, that should be working against the song in <laughs> yeah. spades and making this awful, but then somehow it, I, I think it kind of works. This it's this weird catchy pop song. Like he's he's a good singer. Yeah, he's a great singer. Um, but like it's I, kind of obno- it's borderline obnoxious. It oh, is. definitely borderline. <laughs> it, it is obnoxious. It's, it's about a dude getting laid. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. From what I can see, it's about a very turbulent, messed up relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know, on yeah, both but also, it's definitely also about fucking. Yeah. Like, well, it's got that opening line, yeah. you know, where it, she only comes when she's on top, and yeah, you know, uh, just sings. by having. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and NBD, was... you guys just been slain. <laughs> 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 that was the album title. 
It's all it, it's all NBD to James, of course. <laughs> James the Poon Slayer. Is his name James, the singer? No. I, don't oh, I think it's like Ian or something. That's check it out. It'd be incredible just to call yourself James and have the band called James. <laughs> but just by doing that, in much the same way that, you know, like Green Day mentions masturbation and, and you know, the college crowd goes, eh! Well, this, you know, from that, from that opening line, that right, up the, right up the front, the college what crowd... What's that noise? Yeah. <laughs> And because, you know, so many things were playing the censored version, college radio really, who played the uncensored version, you know, it really became mm. a trope for that. What People, changes in the censored version? Uh, she only sings she when, only she's, sings on when she's on top. She only sings when she's on top. Oh, God. Very little sense. Yeah, it's oh, it like, makes perfect sense if it's not, like, literally about having sex. Like, it's it's like it's fine, whatever. Well, that's that's yeah, what it, it is. On, on top in terms of, like, the way that Drake is on top of the game. Yeah, exactly. or just you know, not you know literally he... singing. Like It's like <laughs> I, I, another great, uh, that censored disconnect is Purple Hills. Oh, yeah. And just on censorship, you know, like that stupid thing that happens in America on free-to-wear TV where they don't beep out swear words they get someone to overdub a different, a different word. line yeah. or a different um, word yeah. it's outrageous flight. movies on flights really really great for that yeah. um, <sighs> I, I watched The Watch yeah. terrible like it should have been good because it had um, Richard Awadi in it yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then it also had Vince Vaughn um, but they replaced cum with gum and just like kept saying that everything looked like gum and it was weird. And uh, That is weird. Yeah. Did everything look like gum? No. Yeah. Well, you're going to take the Aowati with the Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You're going to take the Vaughn with Aowati. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you take the Vaughn, you take the Aowati, you take them both, and there you have <laughs> a pretty bad movie. The watch. <laughs> but no one has mentioned the weirdest thing about this song yet. It's not, it's not the obnoxiousness. The it's fact not, that he's wearing a dress in the video? Not, well, that's fine. That's fine. He messes around I, with gender I, roles. I, yeah, I, 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 I often think, just to get a bit personal here, I often think yeah. I would very much enjoy wearing a dress. I would love to be someone who's confident enough to wear a dress around. Yeah, I think cool. I would enjoy wearing a dress. You, just man, wear, you can it. wear one at home, man. I'm just, why, what about what? a robe? You can wear a robe. I, do, I, I wear a kimono. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> man, you got you got a fucking give a fuck attitude to wear your fucking hair like massive, like and like I'd say like little kids staring at you and shit, and you just don't give a fuck because you're fucking Andrew McFucking Donald. I say wear it. Wear it into a self esteem session. No, nah, like wear a fucking <laughs> wear a fucking dress with it too, man. So, just like fucking like yeah, fucking step to me, son. Like, I also don't want, don't want to make too much of a thing of this, but I think you would pull it off. The fucking a. Back to the song. This <laughs> <laughs> not here to make me feel better about myself. Well, over the top, you look hot as fuck, son. No, that was I'd swipe me. right for you. <laughs> that was just <laughs> But the weirdest thing about this song is... It was produced by Brian Eno. Whoa! Whoa! I did Whoa. not actually know that. That is the weirdest thing about this song. It is produced by Brian Sounds of the Airport fucking Eno. Wow. I can't tell. Well, when you listen really, really... I guess really, really, music. The only Eno. thing... That really gives it away is when you dig real deep and you you know you you listen to it in exactly the right circumstances and everything else is real quiet. You can hear these little synthy textures huh. in the background and there's a couple of different layers of just synth, and that's the only that's thing Eno. in there that I listen to and I go like that's that is kind of Eno, maybe when he came so on board that was the whole song and then they just wrote all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, I thought this was a minimalist synth piece that I was. Oh, <laughs> I guess I guess this is a fine college rock song. Eno. <laughs> But any, I agree. I agree with you. Any final words? It, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's fun. It's yeah, weird think, and fun and obnoxious fine. and sh- shouldn't work, but maybe kind of does. That's yeah, perfect summation. And the weirdness of it hadn't obviously yet been adopted by mainstream success, so I can see why it's on Triple J. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Why it beat Matha, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, right. It beat Matha. It would be hella fun to sing along to, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I can totally... <laughs> yeah. just like to that get live, like, it'd be like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. I'm there for that. Yeah, everyone just does... fire with passion. Yeah, okay, But everyone can... just does the, the falsetto chorus and yeah. fucks it up. Yeah. It'll sound oh, terrible. Yeah. Oh, the room of people doing that oh, chorus be, would be it'd, horrible. It'd be so good. A drunk college student singing that chorus. <laughs> just drunk college students that think they can hit the note. Yeah. <laughs> or even some that know they can't do it anyway. Yeah. Bless them. Bless them. Oh, man. Frats are on fire. Indeed. And number 11. He's back. It's Nick Cave and his bad seats with Do You Love Me?
Having the bad seeds at number 11 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with Do You Love Me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I do, Nick. I really do. It's. Oh, I thought I, you were going to say it to me, but no, 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 that's fine. I, I, I completely understand. Thank you. I do know you know I love you. But um, you also know that if if you and Nick Cave are in the room, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm losing I'm losing in. that battle yeah I'm losing that battle ten times out of ten. How do I begin to even talk about this song? This um obviously is one of Nick's finest pieces the stark minimalism of the verses i think just to start somewhere because i've got to start somewhere that is fantastic blixer bargeld his guitar work there the dun, 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 and the whammy he's using there is so so fantastic i love the tremolo effect there oh i love tremolo effect um but there the minimalism of the, th- of the verses is the first thing i guess that you hear in the song and i really love that obviously the production work is incredible nick's voice wonderful there's very little actual composition done in the verses, which I really, really adore. And it drives home, I guess, the hopelessness on, of the query that is the title. Like, the subject doesn't love the singer, I think. Like, he's, he's seen someone that doesn't love him. And it's driven home in the second part of this song. Yeah. Uh, which is the last track of this album that this is from. Like, if, if there's one thing that I cannot see for the forest when it comes to Nick Cave, it's the trees. Because I'm clearly... <laughs> like, <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> This, this, this I is like the shit out of that. I, I, I can't examine him in like in a non-highfalutin way because I'm so. I want so... that on a t-shirt for the record. <laughs> like I, I can't examine the song with any sort of objective eye. I, I'm 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 going to delve way too deeply into it because I'm such a fucking devotee of Nick Cave and particularly this kind of Nick Cave song and this album. Let love in. I always say if you if you want to start with Nick Cave, that's probably a fair point to start. But that's partly just because I started there. But, but for all of the examination I can give the song, I still think it's just it's a terrific pop song mm. like I want to dance to the like the jingle jangle refrain the, the repeated bit when he just says it four or five times yeah. like yeah and but this is exactly like when you think of Nick Cave and like that kind of gothic grandeur tall thin dude in a suit awesomeness of him this is where you think yeah. and I think that makes sense this, this, this is why he's revered this is a yeah, wonderful yeah this is like his kind of like what Nick Cave in terms of his lyrics, what he does and what he is, I think is like he uses like biblical language, but then set, but then adds crassness to it. Yeah, and this is exactly that. This is minimalist pop, post punk, at its absolute best. I obviously love this song, and I'm so stoked to see it here. Mm. And when I heard it, then I listened to the album because that's what. Nick Cave that's does what, for me that's what you do yeah, yeah. He's, well, well, to, once to, you start yeah. you know it's the first song in the record once yeah. you start you can't stop yeah he, for, for me Nick Cave is, one, is like like the as, as, as good as post-punk songwriting can get and I'm always going to love him so I'm probably not the right person to be asking about whether or not sure. <laughs> yeah, precisely the right person to be asking do, do you like about. Nick Cave's Do You Love Me oh yeah, yeah. it's pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I love so much about this song I've heard it countless times I guess in a way it was probably one of the first Nick Cave songs I heard because yeah, it was yeah. a record that was played in my house a lot when I was a child yeah. That is first song on the record. Yeah. Look, when you ask someone about a song, you don't want someone who has a middle of a road opinion about yeah. a song. You either want to hear yeah. from the you want to hear from the well, I think you want to hear from both the per, the people who absolutely despise the song and the people who absolutely adore the song because then you're eventually gonna who could hate this you're song? gonna hear you're Wait. gonna hear points <laughs> from both sides. Who could hate Nick Cave? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God. Nick, you're a national goddamn treasure. No. no? What? All right, they're both. Gonna, oh no, no I was just saying, fine. like in any given song, as an ideal, you want to hear those two opinions. I don't think both of them are present here. No, right. Yeah, but, but like I also I can understand why some people don't like Nick Cave or think of him as a very sometimes food. Yeah, uh, like it's very. It is what it is. It's very meaningful, and and you know, like the, it's not pompous, but whatever. Like it's in that that ballpark of yeah. being very important. And, I really like that you uh, brought up Blixer. Yeah, I, like he's fantastic here. He's fantastic here, Blixer but also the, the guitarist. The secret weapon. Yes. For yeah, the and, and, and I think this song is potentially the most accomplished point 
of Blixer bringing that darkness and that that really German kind of industrial yeah. vibe and them turning it into a pop song. Yeah. I think like this is the peak of that. There are like there are way more Blixer songs, like songs that are way more Blixer rather. Yeah. Um and and darker or whatever, but this yeah. in terms of taking that sound and and it's like you said it's a pop song. Um it, this is just so accomplished at that. I think uh, yeah, I agree with you that the subject doesn't Love. love. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things that if you have to ask it once, then the yeah. answer is clearly no. Yeah. Um, and he asks it a lot. Yeah. Oh, he asks man. it an awful lot. He asks yeah. it an awful and lot. I, I, You're a man of science. How many times does he ask? <laughs> <laughs> one thing that, cause, because the bad seeds are always and have always been older-ish men, then it's never like, there's never going to be like a 20-year-old in the bad seeds. And there probably is never going to be a woman in the bad seeds, even though Nick Cave has performed with females as in his solo performances. But like the bad seeds are always older men, and the yeah. fact that what 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 they bring to the um the chorus is so fantastic. That yeah. deep, like the deep, like the deep. Do you love me? And then Nick with his like I said before, I'm a fan of a deep voice with the vocal fry, and I love that he does that. Then that do you love me? Like, it's, just like, it's, it's, it's very like, well delivered. It's so it's oh, and so then sexy. And then when like, it twists it and the, like I love uh, you, yeah. and then just gets you can just imagine him getting down on his fucking knees. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh. It's a performative song, like yeah. so. Yeah, and similarly to the Cruel Sea, there are similar. There are yeah. there are there are things that the Cruel Sea hang their hats, cloaks, gloves yeah. on, and the, the, they are the reason that you come to that band and you want them to be present. And Nick Cave mm. has those things, and they are incredibly visible and present in this song. Yeah, man, I- when you said like "Let Love In," you think is like a good, like Nick Cave beginners album. I was just like, fuck, am I still on beginner's level? Because Let Love In is my favourite Nick Cave no, album. No, it's, it's probably my favourite Nick Cave album. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I, I just think I, it's a I, great... I, I thought you'd have gone for, like, Her to Eternity. It's a really good Boatman. place to start in terms of accessibility and, it's, and it's variation fairly broad as well. Yeah, like, yeah. And then someone can say, like, oh, um, the song I liked this, uh, I actually really liked Thirsty Dog. I'm like, oh, well, then you should be listening to The Birthday Party because they have that jangly mm. sound. And somebody mm. said, I really like the kind of slower, more meaningful songs. I'm like, oh, well, Boatman's you should try cool. Boatman's Cool. Yes. Like, we really liked Thirsty Dog. Yeah, I, that was, yeah, that was sick that we got that in. Yeah, I'm really glad to. I'm glad to see him back again. He definitely does come back uh, up to uh, Dig Lazarus Dig. Yeah, um, that, that was great to uh, make an appearance. Back yeah, in 2009. Uh, I think he was the oldest person in the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song rules. It's dark and brooding and scary and majestic and heartbreaking and everything yeah. I could possibly want to say about this song has it's already a, yeah, been said. It's all those things. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. I love this song. I love this album. You can't go wrong. Yeah, bada bada bing, bada bada boom. Yeah, it's Sick. the kind of thing. Fuck I, I, yeah. Again, I, I I really like, and because I said it's a starting point, this is the kind of thing where I think if you don't like this song, you probably aren't going to be into Nick Cave. That's valid. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, you, like, I think you, that's really cool. You might. It ain't gonna be smooth sailing from from that point on. Yeah. for you. Like you, like there are there's still chances there. You might be super into abrasive post punk like the early birthday party records. Yeah, you might yeah, be yeah. Exclusively into soft piano work, but even mm. so, Adult you should find some, Yeah, you should be. Ooh. But even so, you should be able to find something to love in this song. Yeah, yeah. You know what else? I realized that when I came to looking at this song last and analyzing all the other songs, is that every one of these songs, I believe, the title cinematic can apply to. Even you know, Cheryl Crow conjures <laughs> conjures very strong imagery with her her track. You know, we already discussed that. Yeah, we know exactly what the narrator from the cruel sea looks like i even think uh james has got you know like hey we we all <laughs> talked about frat boys hanging out and yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and shoving str- flutes up their pussy and you know like trying to hit that falsetto and you know this one similarly it's 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 wonderfully narrative it's wonderfully cinematic and uh just had a really kind of visual flavorful five songs really mm. a lot of storytelling heaps in this five heaps yeah on that note, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. And uh, before we get out of here, we're going to talk about our favourite songs from this episode. My favourite... It's a tough one, because there's a few songs that I really fucking dig, but i, I got to go with Better Get a Lawyer and uh, Old Mates in Bomb the Bass for The Waste. My favourite, unsurprisingly, is Do You Love Me? And my least favourite, um, I'm going to have to probably go with All I Want to Do. Yeah, no. right. uh, Do You Love Me for favourite and probably Bomb the Bass for least favourite. Though I did, you know, I didn't dislike it. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with The Cruel Sea for my favourite and I'm also going to go with Bomb the Bass for my least. Mm. Well, we're, team, we're teammates. Good game. Do, we, do we often get a consent? Mm, we've, we've, had, we've agreed in the past. Oh, once or twice. It's not unheard of, man. Yeah, I suppose. It's not unheard of. Yeah, I suppose. Well. 
Well, that is going to do us for 90% of the hot... Oh, my God. Yeah, we're so close. We're so goddamn close. The Wait, next, are we top 10? The next time you hear Whoa. from us, we will be talking about the 10 hottest songs of 1994. But until then, my jungle friends, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. It's been super good. On behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher. Top 10, get hype. Woo, boy! And on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Thank you so much for listening. My name is David James Young. Keep music able. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Would have also been good. Yeah. <laughs>